What's up, Broncos country, and welcome to another edition of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. My name is Kevin Dan. I am here with Rob, and we're going to be breaking down this uh, embarrassing, uh, yeah, I'd say embarrassing and painful loss against the Chargers uh, in the Week 17 matchup. Broncos lost 34-13 to on the road, uh, keeping the Chargers playoff hopes alive while eliminating ourselves from the playoffs officially even though, I mean, we were pretty much out before that. So, Rob, how you doing, man? Kevin, Dan, I'm telling you, it's the same shit different week, brother. I'm not surprised. Like Nate Diaz said, not surprised, motherfuckers. That's all I got to say. It's uh, heartbreaking, I mean, but it is what it is. Yep. No, it's, it's a, a combination of just everything that, you know, has been the Broncos for the past – I don't even say, you know, you could say three years specifically, but, you know, looking back the last six years in total. Um, But under the Vic Fangio era, I mean, everything that could have gone wrong, more or less, did go wrong. I mean, you know, we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit, but um, some positives there with with Drew Locke. Um, You know, we, you know, we'll talk about how, um, how many people we were missing with COVID and everything, but... Um, those will be a lot to talk about, and of course, we'll, uh, we'll want to talk about what we foresee happening a week from now um, on Black Monday. So, dum dum dum, Black Monday. Dum, dum. So stick right there, and uh, we'll be back here on the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. Okay, Rob, so here we are uh, again. Broncos are now 7-9. and nine. We are not only eliminated from the playoffs, but we are officially in yet another losing season. Um, so as we always do, because this is just how we do the postgame podcast, let's rewind a little bit and take ourselves back to uh, about an hour before game time. How were you feeling? What were some of your thoughts uh, going into this game? Uh, well, you know, for our Orange Weekly listeners, uh, Kev, Dan, and I also uh, did the tailgate talk for that game. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was <laughs> I was hopeful because we beat them last time. And so I thought, I thought, very momentarily, I thought, we had a game plan to shut him down again, but uh, unfortunately, Shermer did Shermer things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, our defense did okay-ish. Yeah, no, I mean. Special yeah. teams sucked again. Thanks, Tom McMahon. Get him the fuck out of town. Special teams um, definitely killed us. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, other than that, again, it, it, <laughs> I hate to sound like a broken record, but, you know, it's it's every week you just you prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Uh, and I really, really, really hope that we have a hell of a turnaround uh, this offseason uh, with possible new coach, possible OC, definitely new special teams coach. Like, I can't emphasize that enough. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, we just got to see what happens and, uh, just got to roll with the punches, man. Hashtag dead inside. Hashtag dead inside. Cheers. Agreed. 
sad stat I didn't realize. So we know that we haven't beat uh, the Chiefs since Fangio took over. Well, we haven't beat the Chiefs in in longer than that. But in uh, the Vic uh, Vic Fangio era, we have only won one game between the Chargers and the Chiefs combined. Combined. Yes. How the hell do you win one game between we two teams? One and ten in those matchups with the 12th game coming up this next week against. So, you know, the Chargers have swept us twice in the first two years under Vic Fangio. We beat them once this year. This was their the first time that Vic Fangio has beat the Chiefs since he was head coach. Uh, but that's it. So between those two teams, we've only won once. And if you're looking at uh, George Payton trying to make a decision on what to do, and not only, you know, were we going to make the playoffs or not, but how do we handle uh, playing in our division? Uh, Vic Fangio in our division is absolutely atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Um, God, I really wish you would have told me that. I was like, oh, it's not that bad. No, Vic Fangio is historically bad in the AFC West. He yeah. has the most losses against AFC West teams uh and, and that's that that's unexcusable that there's no reason for it there's no reason for it three teams that we play twice a year we should know them for the majority like the back of our freaking hand and that, that's just absolutely uh, uh ridiculous right absolutely ridiculous it is um you know, another stat there is this year, I'm sure we all saw it on the TV, uh, Vic Fangio is one for eight on coaches' challenges this year now. Uh, Might as well be 0-8, shit. I am guessing is, if not the worst in the league, one of the worst in the leagues. God. Yep. Somebody needs to send him coaching in the NFL for dummies. So here's the thing. Like, he is going to be very, very, very sought after. Um, look, I am I am operating under the assumption that he is gone after this year because there's there, there's just too much evidence and too many things going on for you know to to counter any positives you have to say about the guy. You know he may be liked and respected amongst the players, but this team just has not improved or moved forward in a division that has been totally kicking our ass for six years. You know. Um, you're, you're hoping that after Vance Joseph, that McVangie would come in and, and turn things around and, you know, build the better defense, which he's done, which he's done. Um, but under his, his head coaching itself, you know, uh, it just has not worked. And so basically George Payton needs to look at the situation and say, what can we do to become competitive in this division? Um you know, and again, this this goes to the conversation of that, that we're going to be having a lot when it comes to who are we going to hire as a new head coach? Uh, what are we going to do at quarterback? But uh, to get competitive uh, immediately, I think a lot of it comes down to the type of head coach you hire and selling out for um, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, preferably Aaron Rodgers. You do that, you are immediately immediately competitive in this division uh, and probably winning the majority of those games. Uh, if you go through the draft to get a quarterback, you're looking at probably another one, two years, potentially more than likely of still struggling in this division. 
Yeah, Kev, I, I don't uh, I don't quite understand how fans like the Detroit Lions fans, the Jaguars fans, the Browns fans. I don't know how these teams deal with this season in and season out. Now, granted, Denver has been spoiled at the quarterback position for I don't want to say a long time, but I mean, you know, we went from John Elway winning back-to-back Super Bowls. We yep. did the QB carousel, the coach carousel, you know, and then the name that shall not be said, you know, royally fucked us over. Uh, and, and you know, I know my mom's watching, so she's probably going to yell at me for swearing too much. But that's okay. I'll take it. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, and then we miraculously landed uh, Peyton Manning. And, and, and I think I've said this in previous shows, but I was not a fan of Peyton Manning getting drafted or not drafted, but signed to Denver. Um, you know, I was very concerned. He didn't play for a whole year. He had multiple neck surgeries. I was like, this is just, uh, uh, you got to show me, you know? Yeah. And, and the first few games, you know, I was like, ah, I don't know if he's got it. And then we just went on a fucking tear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he definitely made me a believer. Um, uh, didn't like him when he was in Indianapolis cause he was beating our ass all the time. Well, yeah. But, uh, you know, when Not he came to Denver. To guy, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. But, uh, you know, with with the way that he approaches the game and 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 I still think and a lot of people hate hate when I say this and I'll, I'll take the hate all day long. But I still feel like if they would have kept Tim Tebow and let Peyton Manning tool him and take him under his wing, Tebow would still be the quarterback of this team and we would still be winning games. I still might be having a coronary, but we'd still be winning games. Yep. It's, you know, it's one of those things that you never know. And, you know, you're looking at that situation of, you know, we bring in uh, knock on wood and I am, I am all in on just holding out hope this happens. Um, Aaron Rodgers, the situation that you, you have drew lock. He has starting experience. He's still young. He can learn a lot under Aaron Rodgers. And now you potentially can set yourself up for success for the inevitable day that Aaron Rodgers would retire, you know, in four, five years or so. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. You know, the whole point in, in, in George Payne, I can guarantee you, uh, is knows, you know, the, the Broncos culture, the history, and they he knows that this is something that the Broncos have struggled with twice now in our history of after losing um, a big name quarterback um, that we just, you know, we, we are fumbling around and, and staggering around from quarterback to quarterback for years on end. And so having a plan in place to prevent that is going to be uh, at the forefront of his mind uh, for sure. Now, how he goes about doing that, whether it's through Aaron Rodgers or getting somebody through the draft that we can grow uh, and develop ourselves is yet to be seen. And I think a lot of it's going to, you know, we're, we're going to have a good indication of where this is probably going to go. Once we see uh, who we hire as a new head coach, again, assuming that's what actually ends up happening. Yeah. Uh, I agreed a hundred percent. You know, um, I, I brought it up to, to you last time, you know, I think he still has another year, possibly two on his contract. If I remember correctly, um, so that's going to play, that's going to play a big, it's going to play a part. I don't want to say a big part, um, because honestly with the way things have gone, I think George Payton will just say, you know, eh, 
and and cut ties and and you know let's go go find our guy uh but uh you know i definitely i definitely the blame m- the majority of the blame is on the coaching and the play calling and and that area mm-hmm. um there's a small part of blame on the players um and that's and, and i love i love my team i love everybody on the team but there are some things that you can look at and go, yeah, I don't know if he was in his playbook as much as he should have been, you know, type mm-hmm. of situation. But with that being said, you know, I, I know I know it's the last game. We got nothing to play for. But, you know, they're going to go out there. They're going to give their best and, you know, and see what happens. Um, right. You know, they are playing Kansas City in, in Denver this, this weekend. Um, for some reason, I blacked out and thought it was, you know, Kansas City. But, you know, you so wisely corrected me, Kev Dan, and I appreciate that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I'm yeah. just – I'm adapting David's, uh, you know, method, hashtag dead inside. <laughs> I, I'm happy that I've done that, actually. It's it's kept, kept me calm, you know, versus uh, – and, you know, throughout the last couple of weeks, especially just like, Oh, well, okay. Versus screaming at the TV. Um, I'll say, yeah, but sometimes screaming at the TV and... just makes you feel better. Just a little sometimes, bit. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> I've been doing that way too much this year. And it's like, you know what? We're just gonna, we're just gonna move on with our lives. Um, but you know, you said it was uh, maybe a small part, uh, you know, the problems with the players. I'd say it's like a 60, 40, coaches 60 players 40 because there's definitely some execution things out there um i mean how many dropped passes um, how many dropped punts how yeah uh how many missed field goals like you know brandon mcmoney just made a 61 yarder his his you know uh longest field goal uh in his career which is fantastic and i love the guy he was placed on the COVID list today, by the way. So that oh, is awesome. Not- Who else can kick? Can Do we have a coach that can kick? Get a cheerleader out there. I don't give a shit. Right. Do something. Do something, man. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. But it's, you know, we're not going to be able to make 61-yard field goals this, this week. Um, you know, we're not in field goal range unless we're at the 25 or closer. Hey, I still think they should just let his ass take a shot at 65 just to bring the oh, record well, home. That'll be next year. It's not going to be this year. So I'm well, assuming he, I'm assuming he's going to be on the COVID list through the week. He might be able to, you know, clear it by Saturday and play on Sunday. We'll see. I don't know. Well, no, the game got flexed. The game is Saturday. That's right. That's right. See, here you are correcting me now. I even I got you, that. Brother. I sent it to you guys this morning. <laughs> I said to the, the friend I'm taking to the game, I was like, hey, make sure you move things around so you can go to the game with me still. And here you are correcting me. So, see, we all need it. Hey, um, one hand washes the other, brother. That's how we do. That's how we do, especially me. That's I'm the one that usually needs correcting, so it's okay. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, how, you know, and then you look at special teams. And special teams has absolutely killed us. This week we gave up that 101-yard kickoff return which is the first time the Chargers have done that since 2012. 2012, man, nine years ago. Hey, look. I had a single kickoff return. I love Brandon McManus. He's, I mean, him and Matt Prater and Jason Elam are by far my favorite kickers. Yes, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, opinionated and uh, my opinion is biased, but Brandon McManus needs to work on his sprints in the offseason because – 
he like started sprinting and just kind of gave up. He was like, "Yeah, ain't gonna catch him." And I mean, I get it. You don't want to pull a hammy. You don't. You know, you don't want to pull a quad. I totally get it. But shit, you could have tried to at least run a little faster than that. Like, I know you got yeah. a couple kids, but damn. At this point, man, like, you know, and I think the game was kind of already running away from us at that point. But I mean, you look right off the bat. I, I think he's the one who did make the stop uh, on the 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 kickoff to start the game. He did. He the did. Ran it back to the forty. You know. The McManus is the one that stopped him there. He got through all of our special, you know, the, the returner got through all of our special teams twice in this game, essentially. So I'll give, I'll give Brandon one for two there. Like, you know, it shouldn't be coming down to the kicker twice in the same game. It's just, absolutely no, absolutely. The kicker is the last line of defense. And if he gets to the kicker, y'all done fucked up period. Yep. Um, I still love him, but yo, McManus hit the, hit the sprints, brother. Right, they find that find that third gear. Uh, we'll see what the new special teams coach does. So, oh god, sure. please let it be somebody good. Uh, it can't be worse than Tom McMahon. I don't think it, you and I could coach special teams better than that. I could coach special teams <laughs> as good as Tom McMahon. I'm not. I'm not going to say better, but I would. Oh, do I'm going to say better. I'm going to say better. I would do it for a whole lot cheaper. Oh shit, bro! <laughs> you give me, you and, give me, and you'd get the same result. <laughs> Hey, bro, you give me league minimum. My shirt ass would go out there in pads and look across the line and be like, I'm coming for you. I'd just be carrying around special teams for dummies and uh, <laughs> referencing that. And uh, <laughs> you, you, you pay me, you, you know, $200,000 a year. I, you know, I'd be happy. I'd be on the sidelines. I'd be coaching. Uh, and you'd have, you'd get the same result, you know? <laughs> People be, no. be like, yeah, but at least I'm not supposed to be here. Who's <laughs> apparently like an actual coach? Who it's like, how are you a coach? I don't. What's that? What's that one commercial? How'd you guys get here? Uh, we stayed in the Holiday Inn last night. Yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I stayed in the the team's the team's hotel, and they picked me up. They're like, hey, we need something. I was like, all right, cool. Um, yeah, man. So there's just. You know, it's kind of tough because there are just so many questions about this team right now. That we don't really know which direction uh, we're going to go until uh, Black Monday. Look, when we record this uh, this post game podcast next week for the for the Chiefs game, we'll know whether uh, Van, uh, Vic, uh, Vic Fangio is still going to be around or not. If he's not fired on Monday, he's sticking around. You know, if it's Monday evening and we have no news of Vic Fangio being fired. He's sticking around. Guarantee it. It's one of those things where I, I, by now, George Payton has made up his mind. He knows. Which, it's not It's not going to be a, well, let's see if we can beat the Chiefs. That, that's No. First off, I'm sorry. I, I love the Broncos. I love my boys, but it's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. There's no way. Bro, the entire no the, the entire starting lineup both offensively and defensively would have to get put on the COVID list tomorrow yeah. and give us a chance to that. That would give us a chance, a chance, that would give us a chance that would give us a fighter's chance right. right now. They're playing all their starters. No fucking chance. And, and I, yeah. and I, I've tried to wear the orange sunglasses as Jared says, you know, the orange goggles. I have tried to be hopeful. I've tried to be positive, but at some point you just realize you know, you're tired of beating a dead horse. No pun intended. 
Let's see. Right now, we are nine and a half point underdogs. If all of the charge or all of the chief starters went out, we might bump up to like being one point favorites. <laughs> like, I seriously think that's how how bad it would be. And where did yeah. you where did you find that on? Uh, looking at DraftKings, DraftKings is saying we are nine and a half point underdogs. DraftKings, big supporter of Orange Weekly. Uh, it's not as bad as uh, the Jaguars, who are uh, fifteen point underdogs. No, they got a fifty burger dropped on them. They sure did. I didn't think it was that bad, and I I, I had to. We're not the worst uh, in the in the league for this next week, but we are second worst in terms. Ah, uh, bro, it's it's odds. it's close. Um, just taking a look, uh, taking a look at these stats. Um, you know, we we had twenty seven attempts for eighty three yards rushing in total. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chargers had thirty five for one hundred four. So, Kev, I think you're on to something. I think if any, whatever team rushes the ball more than, what, 30, 33 times, inevitably seems to win the game. So, I think you're on to something there. Um, Drew Locke was 18 to 25 for 245, uh, which isn't bad. He had one tutty, no interceptions again, two weeks in a row. To me, that screams improvement. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, <laughs> Moving down the list here to the receivers, without look. Well, you're already looking at the stats, but without looking at the stats, you would think, "Oh, we got a wide receiver as our number one receiver." Wrong. No offense. Six for ninety-two with a tutty um, out of seven targets. So you know he only had one drop pass. Way to go, Noah Fant. Uh, then we got Cortland Sutton, three for sixty. Uh, no touchdowns, unfortunately, with five targets. So he had a couple drop passes. Um, yep. And then Drew Locke, believe it or not, was on the receiving end of a pass from Kendall Hinton, uh, our emergency backup quarterback. Right. Uh, you know, good for him. But uh, you know, that was I was not. I'm not gonna lie. I was surprised that they ran a play like that, but I wasn't surprised that the Chargers. Defended it were as well as they it. did. They were, you know, all over it. I think I think if the if the defender gave Hinton half a second longer, um, oh, yeah. he I, I get that ball out clean. And, oh yeah, and, yeah. Drew Lock would be able to catch it and would have been right there on the. It would have been right there on the goal line when he caught it. I mean, he could have he could have just caught it and fell. Yeah, exactly. All he would have had to do is cat. I mean, the the yeah, the way it was, uh, and, you know, and the way it was thrown uh, as he was getting hit uh, made Drew Lock stop versus continue forward, which is where mm-hmm. uh, Hinton was going to throw too, which would have been mm-hmm. in the end zone. Um, so yeah, it, it, look, um, we essentially gave up eleven points, so we missed that touchdown, uh, that fourth down conversion. Um, we settled for a field goal. Uh, the second time we were down there. So there's 11 points there um, that we left off the board. And based off of our 13 uh, that we did score in the game. So that would have put us to 24 points. And then you take away the special teams. Um, that would have been a score of 24 to 27. You know, it's a much closer game that we could have managed to, you know, try and come away with a win. Um, or at least tie it there at the end. Um, but the failure in special teams, the failure to score touchdowns, um, Pat Shermer, 
uh, and Tom McMahon. I mean, why was Tom McMahon brought back? That says to me, that says a lot more negative about Fangio than it does Tom McMahon himself. Tom McMahon is just not a good, good coach, but it's an, it was an even worse call for Fangio to bring back Tom McMahon. Uh, and that tells me that he's, he's going to ride and die with his crew. And he is currently dying with his crew. You know, I, if I, I guarantee, and Jared makes fun of me for this and, and <laughs> absolutely disagrees with me, but I would bet money that if George Payton was like, you have two options, you can stay as long as you replace Tom McMahon and Pat Shermer, or you can leave with the two of them. Fangio would say, nope, I'm leaving with both of them then. Hey. I guarantee it. Thanks for everything. Thanks for nothing. Yep. See ya. Bye. See ya. One, he's not going to get that option. Um, I really don't think so. Uh, and look, I can appreciate uh, being loyal, but to a point, man, you know, to bring back Tom McMahon shows that you're an incredibly loyal to your crew, but you are not a good boss. You're not a good head coach right there. I, I mean, that is a situation where you say our special teams absolutely killed us. You know, we have got to move on. I, as a head coach, am making this decision to bring in somebody new to try and change our special team. And he said, no, I like you, man. We're going to stick with you. Well, that has absolutely killed Vic Fangio this year again. Kevin, I swear on everything holy, if Tom McMahon is back next year, Denver will riot. Oh, I, I will probably be the one leading that riot. <laughs> I will fly out there and join you. This is bullshit! Ah! Tear it all down. They're going to build a new stadium someday anyway. Uh, <laughs> geez. We'll just help you get started. Rah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, start driving them out to the airport. Because <laughs> that's where they're going to... The new airport or the new stadium is going to be. You know, Just just <laughs> string Miles up on the fucking goalpost. <laughs> Damn you, Miles! Damn you! God. So, I don't know, man. Like, there's not – I'm trying to – like, looking at the game, we all saw what happened. It was ugly all the way around. Um, again, the Broncos, you know, and there's going to be people out there saying, look, you're, you're not giving them any credit for the fact that we had so many people out on the COVID list. Here's my answer to that. I don't give a shit. I don't. I don't. In, in terms of the fact that we played poorly because of it. Obviously, I hope they're okay and they get better, blah, blah, blah. But you cannot, you absolutely cannot use that as an excuse. Look at Indy. Indy had a ton of starters out on the COVID list. Went to Arizona and beat Arizona. Okay. Yes, sir. You good, are correct. Good teams find ways to win games that they absolutely need to win. How many games have we been in this year that we absolutely needed to win? Probably four or five. We have lost all four or five of those games. So, you know, I do not care what the injury or the COVID status was. This is a piss poor managed team and it shows on the field. It shows in the management of, of the coaching organization. I mean, it's, it's absolutely apparent everywhere you look and to, to come. So for, for anybody that's listening right now that says you should give them credit for the COVID list, dude, stop it. Stop it. Slap your own wrist. Bad on you. <laughs> no, no, bad. 
Stop it. Uh, yeah, for the for the listeners, uh, Kev is shaking his head so many times. I'm I'm afraid uh, he might give himself uh, an aneurysm of oh some kind. But Kev, I'm I'm really glad that you brought up Indy. Um, I I want to give a shout out to the Pat McAfee show. Um, they showed a clip from Hard Knocks of Indy, and the coaching staff was in the room, and a player, um, you know, got put on on the uh, on the COVID list. Um, I believe it was uh, Quentin Nelson. Um, yeah, that's his name, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, that's the offensive lineman. And the coach, you know, kind of sat there for a minute, and he kind of thought, and he goes, "Okay," he goes, "I like a challenge." And that's the way our coaching staff needs to think. We got fourteen, excuse me, thirteen players and one coach on the COVID list. Okay, we're gonna have to change the game plan and adapt your fucking play calling and your scheme to fit the players that you have on the field. And they didn't do that. They didn't do that at all. They didn't even do it at halftime. No, you know, they never do that at halftime. Well, no, we've seen them come out and we've seen them play a little, a little different. You know, okay, but... okay, no, no, no. I'm gonna stop you there. <laughs> to come out at halftime after playing shitty in the first half to play better in the second half is not a halftime adjustment. <laughs> that is just playing better. <laughs> I do not categorize that. As How do you not categorize that as play? What? Because there's no mental part of okay. Hey, here's what the other team's doing. Here's how we're gonna adjust our defense, our offense, how we're calling plays. They're just going to go out there. If your halftime adjustment is, hey, guys, go play better, that's that's an absolutely stupid, <laughs> stupid thing. You shouldn't even have to say that. Well, but Kev, I'm pretty sure. Is a halftime adjustment? No. no I'm pretty sure it's more than, hey, guys, we need to go out there and play better. Like, I'm pretty sure there's more that goes into it than that. But I get what you're saying. I understand. I didn't mean to trigger you. I, I, Broncos have triggered me this whole year. Goose Fraba. After, after the Eagles game and after, um, you know, the, the first hey, game. At least we didn't have to play the, the Mac. It, at least we didn't have to play the Mac Jones uh, led Patriots and lose to their ass. Oh, God. Yeah. That's, don't get me started on that. Don't get me started on that. Mac Jones. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, look, we got the Chiefs coming to town. Um, uh, I'm, I'm expecting, you know, some people are saying they're expecting up to 20,000 no-shows. I think that number is going to be a lot lower only because a lot of Chiefs fans are going to be traveling for this game and are going to show up and buy those tickets. I think it's going to be almost, I would not be surprised. It's like a 50-50 split in the stands of orange versus red. I really wouldn't. Uh, because there are huge playoff implications on the line for the Chiefs. Um, you know, uh, being a Saturday game, they don't, you know, they're going to have to wait to see on Sunday if the Titans lose, uh, because the Titans to lose and Chiefs need to win for them to get that number one seed. So they're going to be playing all out uh, on Saturday. Um, I'm going to guess it's going to be more like, you know, nine to 10,000 no shows, but, you know, a good number of seats are going to be going to Chiefs fans. And, you can go ahead and blame me. I'm part of the problem. But I have this plan since the beginning of the season. Up. Okay. I was already going to bring her. Okay. Since the start of the season. It's our thing. I take her to the game where the, the Chiefs play the Broncos because that's just what we do. And so, anyway. But, anyway. Uh, I was going to say, maybe the Titans are playing somebody worth the shit. But I look at the schedule and, well, they're playing the Texans. Hey, the Texans beat the Chargers. 
Oh god, that just made our loss even worse, Kev. Yeah, don't don't say that. God damn it. <laughs> um but Shit. Yes, I mean we got a lot of stuff to talk about that that's gonna come down the pike for all of our other shows and podcasts and the pregame podcasts and everything. And um, I do want to remind everyone, you know, don't forget about our Monday night orange weekly after dark that starts after Monday night football or around 9 PM um, Tuesday night, bourbon Broncos, no BS. That starts at 7 PM mountain time. We got the post game podcast, the pregame podcast. We got the tailgate talk, which starts an hour before kickoff. We got the original live halftime show for the Broncos uh, called the halftime hash and once the season's over, don't think that we just disappear and go away for the offseason. We will be around. We got a lot of stuff. We're going to have, uh, it sounds like a, uh, what do you call it, soapbox show where we're all going to, you know. Oh, the bitch fest. The bitch fest. We're going to have a bitch fest show at the end of the season. Or we're all just going <laughs> to, it's going to be our chance. And here, here's my plan with this. As we go on there, anybody who wants to join us uh, in terms of like commenting their grievances, you know, typing out. Uh, everything you want to bitch about in terms of the Broncos, but then we got to move past it, you know, at this, whatever it is, no more complaints after that, like move on. <laughs> hey, the show so could be three hours long and we could be just liquored up like a son of a bitch. It very well might be, uh, <laughs> but can, um, can we plan on doing that on a Friday when I don't have to go into work the next day? We'll figure, we'll figure something <laughs> out. Um, and then we'll also be doing a no uh, announcement on what, what day yet, uh, but end of January, we'll be doing our fan appreciation episode. So make sure you tune in. It's probably going to be either uh, the 18th or the 25th, probably January 25th, that Tuesday night, uh, which is our normal, you know, Bourbon Broncos No BS show night. Um, so you can tune in for that. We'll be doing giveaways and just hanging out with everybody. We'll have some special guests. Not going to name them yet because they're not confirmed, uh, but we have a list of names that um, the people we know that uh, have said they will be on the show previously. So we just got to line up and make sure that they can actually be there. So um, got that. Uh, and then, of course, when it comes to the you know, free agency and draft and all that stuff, whenever there's breaking news, look when the Broncos announce who the head coach is going to be. We're going to be going live that night. We're still going to be pushing out podcasts. So uh, it's not going to be, you know, every single week uh, that you hear from us during the offseason, but we will be around during the busy parts of the offseason. Uh, and you can count on us to be there and provide you some awesome content uh, as best as we can anyway. So Kev can only be uh, away from doing this for so long before he winds up bored and takes up crocheting. That. Well, not maybe not crocheting, but – there, there is. But you thought about it. No, I have not thought about crocheting. Don't let them fool you. Uh, you know, this being our sixth year, uh, it is that time of year where I'm kind of like, I won't say I'm worn down, but it's like we're not in the playoffs again. You're just we're talking about the same crappy stuff over and over again. So it's kind of like uh, I would like a break. Uh, but then, yeah, two weeks after the end of the season. I'm sitting there. And I'm like, okay, I'm bored now. Like, <laughs> I, and I Kev, <laughs> Kev, don't forget, we do have some uh, some interesting things coming down the pipeline. Hint, yes. hint, wink, wink. Uh, we are working on uh, Orange Weekly merch. Uh, so, for uh, anybody who's interested, uh, keep an eye out for that. Make sure you have notifications turned on on YouTube. Uh, you'll get a notification every time we go live. Uh, same thing with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and I think we even sometimes uh, 
throw our show up on Twitch every now and then, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we yep. We so, uh, you know, we're covering all the platforms. And, you know, if we can get Jared's ass to not have COVID, you know, he can start his OnlyFans page. I've been trying to get him to start that for years. <laughs> he, keeps, he keeps promising me things, and then he just never follows through on them. Like, yeah, Lion yeah, bastard. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get, you know, my, my body back in shape, or I'm trying to wait for this uh, awesome, uh, you know, wife beater shirt to come in so that I, you know, my first, my first, he's like, my first video is going to be me ripping it off, you know, and, and he just never does. He never follows through with any of these. Well, you know, those 12 ounce curls, man, they're a hell of a uh, thing. They are. They are. Uh, but what do I know about that? <laughs> uh, Kev, we know plenty. Uh, I do know plenty. I'm not even. <laughs> Okay, well, with that, uh, a little shorter podcast. But I think we've kind of covered everything. And again, not you know, it's. I don't want to spend a lot of energy talking about, you know, going into all of the possibilities of where the Broncos could go because you know, I just rather you know, once we have those answers, we can spend a lot more time talking about it versus hit, sit here and speculate. So, Rob, what uh, what other things do you have on your mind or anything else uh, about the Broncos, man? So, I mean, honestly, it, it's. It's just a kind of wait and see uh, with with them right now, and and I hope that we have a great off season. Um, I hope that George Payton, uh, you know, makes a strong push uh, for Russell Will, or excuse me, for Aaron Rodgers first. Um, but I think I think he's going to be the first domino to fall. Once once we see what happens with that, then everybody else. We'll kind of know what they're doing, and I just hope that that George Payton is a little bit ahead of the game. Um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to the draft, seeing where where we go with that, and especially free agent resigning. I mean, we have—I I don't even remember the number right now. I'd have to look it up, but we have quite a few free agents that I think deserve to come back. Honestly. Um, you know, like, like I said, in a future podcast, we'll have to kind of go down the list and kind of talk about each one of them. But, uh, the fact that we have our, our core receiver group, um, coming back next year after KJ Hamler comes back from injury, um, you know, we have two killer tight ends and we have a, uh, you know, one, two combo at running back, which may or may not happen. Uh, Melvin Gordon to me seems like he's kind of kind of trailing off uh, a little bit. But, uh, you know, if, if if we were to get rid of him and keep Mike Boone in there, I think Boone and, and Williams would definitely be a great combo to have. Um, so, you know, I just I, – I'm really hopeful um, for the off season and crossing my fingers for uh, some good moves and some good uh, good luck to come back towards the Broncos. So uh, It'll happen. It, it's, it's, it's going to happen. And so I tell you what – uh, sticking with the team through these crappy times, it hurts and it sucks. But man, when we're back on top, it's going to feel a whole hell of a lot better than somebody who just jumps on board once the team starts doing well again. So um, have faith; it'll get there. I think under George Payton, we have a pretty, pretty damn good chance. Um, I like what he's done so far. No reason for me to not trust him, um, you know. And so we'll see again what he does, like you said, with free agency, with the quarterback situation, with the coaching situation. Uh, we're going to have a whole lot better idea of who George Payton is and what his mindset is after this offseason, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with you on that. And, you know, like I've said before, <clears throat> win, lose, or draw, you know, it's orange and blue till they put me in the ground. So, yeah. Uh, we just got to wait and see. It, it's the shitty time of the year. 
you know, like you were saying, we're not in the playoffs, and now we're, you know, I mean, hell, at least I get to actually enjoy the Super Bowl, and hopefully the Patriots don't make it again. God, I hate them. Don't, 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 don't. I don't want to imagine that. Uh, no, I'd rather I'd rather see I'd rather see the Lions in the Super Bowl than anything. Well, uh, yeah, I mean that's something that's never going to happen. So <laughs> I, I'd hey. rather see I'd rather see Jupiter up close with my own eyes. Like you know, that's that's never going to happen. Like you know, I think hey, you know, for... human human space travel to Jupiter is going to happen before the Detroit Lions are in a Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> hey, it's funny that you brought that up because a coworker of mine, and I don't even know how he came upon this, but apparently for $64 million, you can get a ride in SpaceX and go to space. You know, it's it's on my bucket list. I just need $64 million. <laughs> um, Come on, Jeff Bezos. Jeez. Well, you know, once he buys the Broncos, uh, he'll be – the stadium will be in space. He'll be providing the space flights up to the stadium and from the stadium. Bro, uh, I don't even know if I want that to happen. I think I would rather have uh, Jay-Z buy the team. Dude, and so that's a whole other thing. You know, we, we didn't even touch on the ownership thing today, and that's a whole other That's category. a show in itself. That is. It really is. So we'll see. There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of changes coming up for the Broncos. It's got to wait and see and spend a lot of time talking about what it means when it happens versus sit here and speculate uh, and then probably not even be close to what happens, you know. Um, yeah. So, but well, anyway. Kev, it's about that time, my friend. It is. It is. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for everything. Appreciate it, man. Uh, to all our listeners, again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you listen, uh, you follow us, you subscribe us, give us a five-star review. Uh, check out our other live content uh, on Monday, Tuesdays, and on game days. So, of course, our game shows will be on Saturday instead of Sunday. Uh, but uh, um, just keep out for that. And who knows? Maybe the Broncos will win and spoil the Chiefs' fun. But uh, um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at the game. I'm gonna be cheering my ass off. I'm gonna be losing my voice again. Uh, it's probably <laughs> gonna be for not. I recognize that, but I will be doing my best. Uh, and uh, we'll see. But. So, Rob, thanks again, and I think there's nothing else to say other than a very strong Go Broncos. Broncos. Take care, everyone. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.